Cool. So welcome back. Uh, I'm Jamie from New Zealand Mountain Biking. Uh, and along with this podcast, just thought I'd remind everybody that we offer tours and lessons uh, based up here in Rotorua, which is New Zealand's mountain biking capital. And I may be biased in saying that, but we pretty much have something for everyone, which makes this place so good. Uh, and just a reminder as well, if you do have anything that you want us to chat about, let us know in the Q&A down below. Um, yeah, we've had some pretty good suggestions this far. And it's always good to hear what you think of the podcast because, I mean, this is for you all to just listen to other people yarning about bikes. But this week we have Ali Quinn. Uh, Ali Quinn, Ali from Zero, you may know him as. Uh, he's from Wellington. And yeah, he is one of the masterminds behind Zero Bikes, which is pretty cool. I've been riding a Zero for four or five years now, um, but we're just going to yarn about bikes. So, Ali, would you like to introduce yourself? How long have you been riding for, mate? Oh, a long time. In fact, I took my um, kids back to my primary school where I learned to ride a few years ago because I thought that uh, them having the learning to ride experience the same as I did as a probably as a six or seven-year-old in the school playground would be good. But um, there's way better places to teach your kids to ride than uh, tennis courts, it turns out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Maybe some grass. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some grass. So, yeah, I'd say 40 years, maybe a little bit over. Yeah. Nice. And you do a lot of riding in Wellington? Yeah, I do a lot of riding in Wellington. I mean, Wellington, Wellington just suits it really well. I think Wellington's a little bit of a kind of uh, secret place in that, um, you know, Rotorua, Queenstown, Nelson get all the, the tourist vibes. Wellington's just a really good place to live and work and ride. Um, Lots of riding close to the city. Um, yeah, it might not have the big ticket kind of reputation that the other places do, but um, yeah, there's some great stuff here. Yeah, it's always pretty fun to come and visit because I, I grew up in Waikanae, just up the coast. And whenever I come down and catch up with you guys at the HQ, you always take me on something ridiculously steep and I'm just like, oh gosh, what are we going to do this time? And it's always <laughs> riding something new and it's always pretty amazing like i always look forward to going back to that but i never get the chance because there's always something new to ride which is pretty cool and um you've been working bikes for how many years now when did you when did zero uh, kind of move down to wellington zero moved down to wellington at start of 2020 so it'll be yeah coming up two and a half almost three years now yeah before then i was a little bit involved i was more of a silent partner i had a day job um, and so 99% of stuff was run from Rotorua and I was just a guy that occasionally Rob uh, bounced ideas off and sort of helped out with some of that. Yeah, nice. And now what do you do with Zeroed? Um, it's interesting because you, I think you said I was the mastermind behind Zeroed. I'd say I'm more, Rob's the mastermind behind Zeroed. I'm more the kind of logistics, sales, everything else kind of guy. Um, so yeah, we run um, all the bike build, almost all the bike builds out of Wellington. Um, the logistics, a lot of the customer service. Um, essentially, I spend a lot of time on email talking to riders all around the world. Mm -hmm. The support. Yeah. Well, it's more than just the bike, though. So, Zeroed is a pretty cool brand known for like being a really robust design. And just like one of your slogans, I think, is think outside the box. So, it's you're getting rid of the derailleur and the cassette, which is classic 
mountain bike and shifting all of that weight into the middle with a system that's maybe weighs a couple of grams more but is just way more reliable always shifts well um and it's quite different so how did it like what made you want to get involved with zero um i've heard of them for a while i mean they were back before i joined probably almost 10 years ago they were a little bit of an underground cult brand with the downhill bikes um mm -hmm. so rob started off rob and dodsey with um some absolutely revolutionary downhill bikes and i used to dabble a little tiny bit in the downhill scene um and there were always lots of fast guys on g1s and g2s um making stuff look easy so i'd heard of them but then um i hadn't really been particularly involved it all came through a mutual friend of rob and i's uh richie goldsbury who's um mm -hmm. somewhat of a legend and would be pretty good for you to have a chat to because he's a man with lots of good stories um and lots of amazing photos you should totally uh, anyone out there should follow his instagram for um he is like it's beautiful stuff but you'll also get fomo because it appears that he's always having the best time with the best weather like every he doesn't have day. a job yeah, like he doesn't have a job he just gets after it <laughs> yeah man Actually, I, did, I did digress into a richie story i remember him telling me he was building some track way up in um arthur's pass region and he would after work he'd drive for like two and a half hours out of christchurch and then in the dark walk his bike up a hill and then sleep on top of the hill beside his bike um wake up at whatever am catch a sunrise um do a little bit of track work roll down the hill get in his car drive to work like just craziness loves the mountains eh because he's loves a he's a broken river local as well so he does a bit of skiing and oh like, yeah yeah so that whole craggy burn area is like his backyard i guess or his second home or his home and he has to go yeah, down it's, to work it's probably his home <laughs> to be fair yeah um but i was uh i was in rotorua and um one of those quintessential rotorua experiences where you i think i was even riding by myself got on the shuttle um and then richie was on the shuttle so you had a yarn to richie on the way up and he was like oh i'm riding with this crew we're riding some you know newish stuff you should drop in so then dropped in with these guys and back in those days i was probably one of those riders who thought i was good but totally didn't know what i didn't know so I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'll drop in towards the front of this group. And no way, these guys are all total pinners. And so pretty soon, everyone goes past me. Um, and I'm just desperately hanging on the back of it. Um, but so much fun. I mean, there's nothing better than just chasing trains and Rotorua on interesting new tracks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, one of the guys in the train turned out to be um, Rob. And um, as we were loading up bikes, he was riding um, one of his prototypes. And so I had a bit of a chat to him about that um, and then talked to more on the bus on the way up the hill. Um, and it was right about the time when he was looking at getting into um, productionalizing a carbon enduro bike. Mm -hmm. And so um, at that stage, I had recently sold a software company and so was kind of looking for something to get into and something new. And so um, over the course of a kind of couple of trips up the shoulder road, um, uh and obviously a ride test ride on rob's bike um i'm like man this is me i'd love to get involved um yeah just started off as an investor then rob ran it with me having occasional occasional chats for about uh four or five years um until the point that we moved it down here mm -hmm. and i said that bike i know that exactly the bike that you're talking about 
because that was around the time I was starting to get into mountain biking too. And it was that high pivot pinion gearbox. Looked sick. But I remember um, hearing like it was amazing, rode really well, but it was just too much for people's minds to comprehend. Because that was eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, it was like the time when 27 and, and a half inch wheels were coming out and the 29ers and um, add into that a high pivot with a gearbox. And it was a little bit, little bit out there, eh? Exactly. Just a, just a little bit much. It was sort of um, a difference laid upon difference. And so that then we kind of looked at it and said, look, the most for us the most important part is the gearbox getting the weight off the back wheel centralized mass and so we sort of said realistically to get something that is going to be commercially acceptable at that time um it had to be an either or and so we went down the gearbox path um mm -hmm. and we're still super stoked that we've done that i mean it's it's interesting seeing a bunch of brands now kind of jumping on that high pivot bandwagon yeah. um i think for downhill it makes a heap of sense um we're not so sold on it for enduro necessarily. Um, and you see, um, see not every brand after a, a flurry to begin with, it sort of seems to slow down a bit and not every mm -hmm. brand is necessarily jumping on high pivot. So um, yeah, we think we made a, a good decision going gearbox and keeping it simple, which is one of the kind of key, um, key tenants of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I'm writing a, Catapo, which is the 29er. And one thing I do love about that bike is that it requires very little, um, I'm not going to say love, but very little running maintenance. Like you can ride it, clean it, put it in the shed. You don't have to tune gears all of the time and clean drivetrains and replace drivetrains. Like I think I ran my old one four years and it was this, oh no, I put a new drivetrain on when I sw swapped it to belt. But before that, I was running on my Enduro, my specialized Enduro. I was running a new drivetrain like every nine to 12 months, which is pretty annoying and expensive. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it's and nice to simplify. That, totally. You get that period of time with that kind of stuff where it's not really working that well, but it's not quite mm -hmm. thrash enough to replace. And mm -hmm. so you not only have that replacing it every nine months, you have that kind of six to nine months where it's like just bugs you every ride but not quite enough to change it. So yeah. I'd rather be riding my bike than working on my bike. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm I'm so super slack on any kind of maintenance. So um I always try and we always try and drive it towards that. Like yeah. um uh Rob uh reckons I'm a pretty good kind of bike breaker. Not because right. I ride particularly hard, but just because I'm not particularly good at picking boxes and caring for bikes. So yeah. I'm a good test bed for robustness. Yeah. Yeah, quite often when we link up for a ride, you you already look like you've been riding for the last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, you, when your bike comes off the car. Uh, sweet. What was your first mountain bike? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was a, a World Rider 2000. Um, yeah. One of my first bikes wasn't a mountain bike, but one of my first bikes was um, I had a place up the coast in Otaki, um that we'd go up to for the weekends. And there's a guy in Otaki called The Bike Man. And he got old bikes and kind of collected up parts and, and created bikes and he made this bmx that was attached to a sidecar and the whole thing was just kind of welded in a shed and it must have weighed like i don't know it probably weighed more than i did as a kid but it was yeah. the coolest thing and so 
I used to riff around the main streets of Otaki on a BMX with my, she was probably like six-year-old younger sister, five or six-year-old younger sister in the sidecar, um, trying to get her on like two wheels going around corners. Yes, just without the rolling the thing. Without rolling the thing, yeah. <laughs> it took her a while. Uh, she was six, and she didn't necessarily get all the physics concepts, so she'd occasionally throw her weight aggressively in the wrong direction, and things wouldn't work out well. But yeah, it was pretty fun. That reminds me of my first little bike, which was a little red, maybe 16-inch step through that I just used to like thrash the rear tire just doing skids with the old um, oh, yeah. pedal brake and just always wanting to pop wheelies, but I would never do a wheelie. I would just flick the back wheel out in front of me. That was, yeah, just ripping around, doing skids and trying to pop wheelies, but losing it, <laughs> losing it both, but having a great time. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, nice, nice. Uh, how often would you get out riding? Because based in Petoni, so Lower Hutt, there's some riding right up behind shop and there's also some across the valley and there's also some more in the city. How often do you actually get out? Uh, it changes. I'm trying to get out a bit more. I, interestingly enough, I used to get out more before I started running Zeroed. So mm -hmm. I had a, a really nice setup. I was working in town and the guys I rode with all had kind of similar jobs and similar flexibility. So we'd get out riding at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. um, usually be able to carve off an hour and a half, maybe two hours at lunch, um, and get out every day. So you'd do at least four days of lunch times, maybe five. Um, and it's one of those ones because it became a routine. It just it just happened. You didn't even look at the weather. You just 10 minutes to 12, you went down, got changed, got on your bike, went out riding. Um, yep. And so then moving out to Tony, I kind of lost touch didn't lose touch but it became more difficult to get back into town to to make the rides yeah so um i do a bit more random riding it, i love it when people come out to um look at a bike or test ride a bike because i'm almost always like oh i'll come for a ride with you yeah uh, and i've also learned the lesson that always have your bike with you because even if you're looking down the barrel of a day that looks crazy busy and you're like there's no way i'm ever going to get out for a ride stuff happens and suddenly you've got a one-hour window and bam you can take advantage of it and get out that's you you're out nice uh where in wellington do you usually ride um i do i do a little bit out tony way so like you say there's a track up behind the factory which is great because mm -hmm. it's a um it's a quick car shuttle up and then sort of 15 minutes of fun jungle descending and then a cruise out along the river um yeah is good there's a um uh, a young guy that does a bit of writing for us and makes our videos, uh, Charlie Ruck. Um, so he's building a track out there. So I've been out there a few times with him exploring. Yep. Um, and then apart from that, I tend to just like steep stuff, steep yep. and slow. And so I ride a few of the kind of less common parts of Wellington. Um, which which is... took us to last time, which was pretty fun. It was, uh, I remember the forecast wasn't ideal. Heaps of rain had just happened, and you're like, oh, let's go here. It's steep. It'll be dry. And yes. the guys I was with were like, nah, there's no way. That's going to be sketchy as. And then the only time we actually got our bikes wet was when you're going through the drain at the very, very bottom, like crossing onto the road. Exactly, yeah. Water just runs down, funnily enough. Yeah, it, yeah, like it still stays wet-ish and maybe a bit slippery, but you don't get that mud that you get on the kind of lower um, uh, elevation tracks or lower steepness tracks. Yeah, because there's a good range of um, like character of trails in Wellington too. Hey, I like Wainui with the because it feels ish, like well, it's lots of native. So you got beach, yeah, right there from the city, which is pretty cool. 
And then Makata Peak is more bike parky, but without the shuttles so much. It's like yeah. up and quite scenic. Yeah. Um, and then there's other little secret spots. Yes. Just dotted around. A little bit to loam. Um, yeah. Macra Peak, I don't get out to enough, actually. I should get out there more. I, I had a great ride there the other day with um, Scotty, one of the guys on the committee, who's sort of driving for the um, the hard tracks in Macra. Um, mm -hmm. And like happens everywhere, he took me down some tracks that he knows and he's dug on. And so you always have a better experience following someone that knows the track like the back of their hand. But, yeah, it's just um, particular tracks, ridgeline, trickles. It's wet in the winter. It's just wet rock. Um, and it's a... You know, it's slightly terrifying, but you get to the bottom of a section and it's just, you just giggle. You've got that right level of adrenaline. You're not going super fast, so it's not super dangerous. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool place. Yeah. Yeah, Trickle, I remember my first time down Trickle, just been like, what the heck? But it's yeah. just moments. You just it get the just moments, moments yeah. of, of, no, of, I'm going to say no grip, and then you're back into pretty grip, pretty <laughs> good grip. But up here in Rotorua, we're not used to rocks either, so... Like, oh, a rock. What's that going to be like? Here they're gross, yeah. uh, mossy and green if there's, you know, for the three or four rocks that there are in the whole forest. Whereas down there you've got plenty of them, but they're smaller and they're, you know, few and far between, which is quite nice. Yeah. But you've got that gravelly mix in the dirt, so it's actually really grippy. Oh, up road or away? No, your way. It's kind yeah. of like, yeah, fine gravel, rotten rock. It's yeah, good. that's good stuff. I mean, you, you do get the classic Wellington clay that becomes a slip fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's just staying off the front brake. Yeah. Which was, yeah. Um, actually, when I was riding with Scotty, he was uh, reminding me that, like, just don't use your front brake on the slipperiness. And um, I was thinking I should have learned off my, my daughter. I was telling him a story about uh, me and my daughter, who's uh, 12, went and did it in enduro over in Wainui. And it was wet and it was clay. Um, and she was okay on the first track, but on the second track, it was um, a little bit steeper. Um, and lots of kind of steep drop in corners and she was just having a bit of difficulty um getting all over the front brake just before the corner mm -hmm. and then um and i was trying really hard to say look you know lay off the front brake a bit but it's so hard um anyway get to the bottom of that track um and she's done well but it's definitely tough we've got one more track to go and it's really similar kind of situation so we get to the top of it i'm like hey look take it really easy down here and we take off and all of a sudden she's like pinning it and riding these fantastic lines um, front wheel grip. I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. And we got to the bottom, and I'm like, you know, hey Grace, that's awesome. Did you um, did you listen to what I was saying about the front brake? And she's like, nah, nah. She goes, but um, it uh, it doesn't seem to work. It pulls all the way to the bar, and nothing happens. And it turns yeah. out somehow, I mean, it breaks a bit dodge anyway. But yeah, she had zero front brake for the entirety of the track. Yeah, and she just crushed it. Classic. And so yeah, I was uh. I was trying to channel that while following Scotty down slippery rocks, but still failing and getting nervous and squeezing. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to get out of what you're used to, eh? Oh, so hard. Yeah. Um, been to any other cool places to ride lately? Uh, not recently. I mean, Rotorua a while ago. Um, mm -hmm. I just love it when I come to Rotorua. It's so much, so much good riding, great people to ride with. Yep. Um, Got a Nelson trip coming up, which I'm super excited about. We um, sort of pretty much once a year now, a group of us go down to what's become a really set agenda of uh, catch the ferry, cable bay in the afternoon, gorge the following day, Nelson shuttles, cable bay morning, back on the ferry, back to Wellington. Um, 
Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's pretty amazing. Get it done. Yeah. Nice. Um, what would you say your favorite trail uh, up here in Rotorua is? Do you have one? I do. It changes. Piyotawa, I, um, I love because yeah. it's, um, you can stay off the brakes um, and it's fun and there's lots of line choice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one of the best rides I've had up there is um, going down Cuddy's following, I think it was Matt Hunt I was following. Yeah. Um, and I think at the top he said, look, hey, um, just trust me and follow me. Make sure you're close to my back wheel and doing the same speed. Um, and he would just turn off the track into into the bush and there'd be a sneaky double somewhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just any track up there where I'm following someone that knows it um, and uh, we're at similar levels um, is such a yeah. good time. Yeah, it's quite nice up there in the native, eh? So both Katori and um, Tiki Tower in that dock little patch at the very top of the hill, top of the shuttle yeah. hill. It's just so, so fun. Yeah, there's two Hotoriki as well, which goes right across the top. Which, if you're more into yeah, a little bit of peddling, pretty nice. Yep. Um, in your opinion, what what would you say makes uh, the Wellington riding unique? Go back to um, Wellington, where you're from. I think I think proximity to town. Yep. Um, it's pretty good. You you know, it's I think it's one of the few places where you can legitimately get out for a, a good lunchtime ride. Um, you know, other places they'll have trail areas but it's a bit of a trek out of the city to get to them um yeah. and then the other one is the variety of areas there's no kind of mega destination not like in rotorua where it's the forest and essentially all the trails are in the forest you've yeah. got macro wainui you've got um all that mount vic pole hill all these other little spots um and i also love there's a few trails there's one trail in particular cocoa portal which is just a little strip of bush um in the suburbs um nice steep face and you know a trail's been carved down there that idea that the trails coexist so nicely mm -hmm. within all the housing and the, the urbanness is cool yeah you know it's yeah nelson reminds me a little bit like that too there's quite a few different riding areas like you just yes. go over here go for a ride go there go for a ride want to go for a longer ride we'd go over there yeah whereas Rotorua, you can literally like most people will ride from their house or drive to the town side of the forest and then you can go for 10 minutes or you can go for all day six hours yes. yeah which is pretty cool um let's talk bikes for a little bit what gear or you know what's your favorite piece of mountain biking kit at the moment uh i reckon it, uh Barnsley probably put me onto this um the old fanny bag bum bag thing um, oh, yeah i got there's a company wellington stealth i think the stealth bike bags um and they make this kind of roll top um, bum yeah. bag and you can fill it up with as much as you want as little as you want so you can kind of almost do a you do a full day trip with it um yeah. but it's um it's just handy because i've got i've got it it's got basic sets of tools and spares in it and a jacket and it's just a no-brainer just you know anything over a sort of 45 minute ride you just grab it throw it on and then always surprising myself with like muesli bars hidden in the bottom of it when i'm super hungry or a jacket that i forgotten to take but hey it's in my bag yeah yeah nice and any new developments on the zero front that you want to talk about you've got um, that new that new bike that i bet everyone's chomping at the bit to know more about the oh G3. yeah the g3 that's um that was incredible like we thought it would be popular because we'd mm -hmm. seen you know we got the story of the history in the g1 and the g2 but it yeah it went 
pretty nuts. So uh, the day on which we released it, we had probably 500 email inquiries that day, just pinging in. Yeah, um, yeah that's super exciting. And that's, that's nice because we could go no hold bards, no compromise. This is a downhill race bike. Um, mm -hmm. So that then it, we could just um, focus on performance. Um, yeah. You know, throwing that robustness and that um, longevity and all the other stuff, but we could make a bunch of decisions that would just drive um, the top end of performance. So um, it was a cool project to to do. Yeah. And do you have any dates for when the first people are going to be rolling on their shiny new G3s to go get them muddy? Um, it's it's looking like the first quarter of next year at the moment. So we're still Sweet. we got a, a couple of final tweaks. So we um yeah. We built four samples, and then they have been had the hell ridden out of them. We got awesome. Got one over in Morzine at the moment, getting thrashed by a whole lot of really fast guys over there. One yep. up in Sweden, a couple in Whistler. So they're yep. they're heading up a whole lot of different terrain under a whole variety of riders, um, yep. and we're just learning little bits. And so it's sort of flowing those tweaks into the to the final final model. Yep. Um, and then once we're happy, which we're very close to being happy it's push and go and from there it's probably a four to six month um period to before we bust them out yeah that's that's really close i remember seeing the first kind of drawings of them years ago and being like that it just looks like a sick bike and then to see them at the flesh in the flesh at crankworks here in Rotorua was pretty exciting yeah so it's cool to see that come to come to life yes um nice and talking about with your daughter just the improving improving riding what do you still do anything to improve your riding or are you are you at a place where you're stoked ah uh, no i'm still yeah i think the more you ride the better you get the more you realize how much more you can learn mm -hmm. so um i don't i'm not as proactive as i could be about um improve my writing i yep. try and be i try and occasionally go and do a little bit of guess you call it mindfulness stuff like slow down a bit think about what i'm doing and why i'm doing it and what the influence yep. is um i try to every now and again channel um uh rob's wise words of just stay off the brakes um and see how that works <laughs> but I, I i think you also need a fair amount of skill to make that one really work well um and i'm um i'm always a fan of lessons actually I don't get around to doing them enough, but mm -hmm. I find that, that that process of going with somebody and having them pass a career, especially if they've done a lot of it and they know what they're talking about, yeah. they pick up stuff and you make these these leaps that um, you wouldn't have made otherwise. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to learn if you don't get any feedback. Yes. Which, like you can get all of the information in the world from the internet but or a book. But if no one's giving you personalized feedback, then you're like, well, I think I'm doing this, but am I actually doing that? Yes. Yeah. I, I Which think it helps as well with that mindfulness thing, like slowing it down and just actually thinking about what you're doing. So you're aware rather yeah. than just being like, let's just get off the brakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's obviously a part B to that get off the brakes that I don't quite fully understand yet, which yeah. is getting back on them at the right time. Yeah. Um but I think the other thing with, with taking a lesson is, and especially if you develop a bit of a bond of trust with the person you're listening from, um, I find when I'm trying new things, I'll try it, and then it won't necessarily feel right or feel like it works because it's different. 
Mm -hmm. And so that then you're not sure if it's not working because it's not the right thing to do or it's not working just because it feels weird. And I, yeah. I know in the past when I heard a lesson, um, I've done something, I've been like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And the person said, actually, that is that is right. It's looking better. You're looking you know, more composed in the corner. Just go up and do that same thing another two or three times. Um, and then you kind of push through. And you're like, oh, actually, now, now I kind of get it. And now I've moved on. Whereas if I was just doing that myself, I'd be like, oh, I tried that and crashed. It didn't work. I won't try it yeah. again. Yeah, I, I, I did, and it felt super weird. Not into yes, it. Exactly. A lot of it is about being confident. Um, but when you're learning something new, sometimes you need to just trust the process. Yeah, which is something that I always tell. Well, not always, but sometimes have to remind people is like it's gonna. Now that you're aware of what you are doing and you have another way of doing it, it's going to be pretty weird until you start to trust the process and feel the feel the benefits of it. Yeah. Ah, sweet. And anything else you're dying to tell the world about? Um, I was an interesting story about um, when you one time when you did come down to Wellington and rode with me when we went yeah. out and rode um, dig this in Wainui mm -hmm. that I think possibly worth a share. Yeah, I think it resulted it. in me giving you a pair of underpants to take on the ferry. Yeah, it did. So I think you, you can jump in, but my <laughs> recollection is you'd come down. I think it's one of those days when, um, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to go for a ride with you, which is always awesome. And I'm like, boom, let's do it. We've got yeah. a fairly short period of time. We'll zap over to Wainui, jumped in the car, went to Wainui, um, parked down the bottom in the um, main car park, which on reflection is slightly dicey, but we're in a hurry and it was lunchtime. It was fine. Um, shot up the hill, had an amazing ride, came back down, super stoked. Um, we'd kind of pushed the time a bit, and you were quite close to catch a ferry to go down south on this mega riding trip. Yeah. And so got back to your car, into the car park. Um, I think you quite calmly said, oh, my window looks odd. And then I looked, looked at it more, and it's like, oh, no, someone's smashed the window, broken into the car, taken everything. Um, and you had everything in your car because you're about to go for a riding trip. So, yeah, uh, all my A game stuff too. Yes, true. Yeah, and you were doing a filming <laughs> trip, so it was all your yeah, film stuff yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then you just like process that really quick, and you're like, right, okay, um, okay, you know, what's the next step? Uh, I really still want to go on my trip. Um, and then we had a bit of a chat. And we're like, yeah, you should still go. We'll go back to HQ and see if we, you know, can give you nothing from there to get you going. Um, you had the clothes you were riding with. Um, I think I, chamois. I never wear a chamois too. And I was like, I can't sit on the ferry in my chamois. Yeah. We didn't have time to go to a store. Exactly. I'm like, I had, like, to get a possibility is even my um, little roll bag I talk about that's got mystery great items in. I probably had a pair of underwear in there that I gave you. Um, and then I, because your car had a smashed window, it couldn't take that on the ferry. So um, I just dropped you at the ferry with your bike, my underpants, your riding clothes, and a helmet, I think. Yeah. Um, and another bike. I had two bikes because I was taking one for a buddy. That's right. Yeah, two bikes. So I'm just rolling around with bikes and my helmet. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. much else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, by all accounts, you then got picked up by your buddy and had a killer trip. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Thanks for helping make that happen. There was there was a few. I definitely had a head scratchy moment there, trying to find the moment of clarity without being too gutted there. Everything, even my wallet, gone. Yeah. Yeah. But these things happen. 
that's the first time it's happened for a while, so I wasn't too disappointed. Parking a lot of dodgy places. So Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. No, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah. Good times. Just for your health back then as well. Oh, that's all right. I think <laughs> Lewis was making me a coffee and just like oh, we yeah, got yeah. this. Yeah. Where are we yeah, gonna I... store the car? And I got back uh later that week and my car was good to go again, had a new window. Happy days. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> good. I mean that's a good thing about, you know, often just going riding makes it better. And the riding community is always like so helpful and supportive and people come out with like, you know, you know, here's a bike, here's a this, here's a that. And yeah. everyone just wants people to go riding and be stoked, I think. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's what um, it's all about, eh? Going out, having some fun. It is. That's one of the really nice things about the community, especially when you get into the community of people that also build tracks. You go to an area and people are just so stoked to show you the tracks. Mm -hmm. um, and you compare it to something other sport, maybe like surfing, where people are, can get a bit local and they're like, okay, look, don't tell anybody about the secret spot. Um, and I know that's different because that's a much more limited resource, but the biking community is so open and people are like, I really want you to ride my track and tell me what I think of it. And yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool when Jeff and I came down and rode a couple of your tracks. It was, yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. Looking yeah. forward to the next time I'm down in Wellington. Excellent. Yeah which might be next month. So I will keep in touch. Oh, I'll get a new track menu for you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll bring out Rod as well, because he, uh, I've been taking him out on a few rides and he keeps on uh, finding excuses not to come because I think he's a wee bit nervous. So if you and uh, Jeff come down, that'll spurn him into action. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get out into the Echo Towers. He's always, you know, claiming how dry it is up there. Good point, actually. Yeah, even when you can see the water tripping off the leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so dry up here in the Ackers. Nice. Well, plenty more to talk about, so maybe we'll have to do this again. Yes. But uh, other than that, thanks for coming. Uh, be sure to check out Zero Bikes uh, on – check out their website because they've got some fun-looking bikes on there. And uh, also follow their Instagram so you can get the lowdown on everything that's coming out. Um, and there's lots of cool Groms riding your bikes at the moment, eh? Doing some really cool stuff, which is pretty inspiring. Some of it I just look at and be like, uh, those days are over. But some of the stuff is really, really cool. And the best way to support this podcast is to come riding with us. Uh, we do this to help share the stoke. And the best way to do that is to show you down a trail, follow my back wheel, and uh, hit, the, hit the follow button on the podcast and give us a rating. Um, so that you know when the next one comes out. Other than that, let's go do some skids. Sounds good. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. Catch you later. <laughs>